This show is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky things that are best enjoyed after you see the movie. So any movie we talk about, we recommend you go see. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And today, we are taking a look at the 2014 horror film Starry Eyes, directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmeyer. Yep, these guys have got Pet Cemetery in the can, and we are going to take a look at their directorial debut, I'm assuming. No, 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 not directorial debut. Um, I mean, they've done... It seems like they've done some other stuff together. This this was one of those movies that I had heard a lot about. Everyone kept saying, you got to see Starry Eyes, got to see Starry Eyes. And there was a lot of hype. I feel like the movie got a little too overhyped for me that I never took the time to see it until I found out these guys were directing Pet Cemetery, And I thought, you know what? I'll see it. And uh, I was not disappointed at all. I was actually pleasantly surprised. Based on what you've seen so far, do you have some faith that these guys could turn out a decent Pet Cemetery remake? Yeah, absolutely. After seeing this, like, no doubt. No doubt. This movie, the thing about Starry Eyes is that it doesn't really pull any punches. When you think it's going to just be very basic and and simplistic in its kills, trite in its kills, it just goes that extra little bit. I wouldn't say an extra little bit. I say it goes an extra lot of bit. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I, I'll say this. This movie's a big old bummer, man. Like this, like in a, in a, I guess, positive way, but like, I just got really depressed, like seeing this character, like kind of fall from grace in a, uh, in a very sad way <laughs> to me. It's an interesting thing because it it's trying to show how fake everybody is in Hollywood with yeah, each other. Everybody's it's, it's, trying to succeed. Everyone's backstabbing, but they're all still friends hanging out. But are right. they actually friends or are they just doing this because they need to survive? You know, you got to be around fellow people who are doing the same thing. And that's kind of the way that uh, Sarah is in this film. Right. Like, and that's how she... <clears throat> It's very much a algorithm, algorithm, a uh, an allegory for the you know the trappings of fame and you know the deception that can come with you know success and fame and Hollywood and all that stuff and like you know the the moral being you know don't let that get you down and fame can be toxic and fame can destroy you the pursuit of fame can change you into something that you don't want to be and it, like that's a that's a very like that's a tried and true metaphor. I have seen it in many films before with similar to similar effect. Um, and I, I think this movie does uh, a few. Th I mean, 
I'll, I'm trying to be as generous as I can without sounding too diminishing, but like I feel like this movie kind of does only a few things new and interesting with that with that idea, um, and then it turns into a very interesting and uh, technically uh, masterful uh, horror kill fest at the end, which I which I was like, oh wow, this is the fun part now. Uh, I think everything about this movie, as far as the like her audition stuff that she goes to and how it's very drab and everything's just very plain and it's these buildings dude i've gone to places like that when i was auditioning for stuff where it's you're you're going into these buildings that look i mean they're huge they're mat you know it's these these giant warehouse type buildings um like there's a couple like over in Ravenswood where they have the collective stuff over there now where they have all the art stuff. It used to be more just this open corridor areas and that warehouse that you could just walk through and then you would find occasional rooms that casting directors would have and it's like, ah, but everybody there was very, um, it was the same thing. You're, you know, the tension's high. It's kind of miserable. Nobody's really happy. It's like, you know, you're yeah. You got to get this job done, and all these people got to see all of these other people. It, it's it's it seems interesting. Way this of- is Chicago. This is in there. We're talking L.A. In L.A., it's more cutthroat. Every single person is there, trying to make it, and they're going to everything that they can, and they're just trying to survive. Like the fact that she has that job and uh i love pat healy's character as her boss in this pat right Healy's it's awesome. a very he's, like i like the so good sort of off-brand so many, hooters that's yeah. like it's just based on potatoes <laughs> which is yeah it's just that's funny. what that's why this movie this movie has so much going for it because of just stuff like that like the conversations the dialogue the way that um i feel like these characters are real people uh, even when some of them are being the way some of them even talk to each other in these moments, it's like, yeah, no, this is kind of like the girl who keeps saying all these uh, underhanded things to her, or, you know, like, like these backhanded um, compliments and like things like, oh, you'd be great for that and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it was just a commercial. Yeah. I mean, it was the guy was sleazy anyway. You know, it's that that's the cool part about this movie is that it doesn't feel like two separate films, how a lot of those are, where it's like, okay, we've gone from like in a hostel, it's very. We've gone from one thing to something extremely jarring that doesn't necessarily seem like it matches up. In this, I feel like it matches up better because you're already living in this world where it seems kind of miserable and there's a lot of desperation to begin with. Right. And well, because it, it's perfectly that's what L.A. is. And anybody would do anything for that shot at success or the things that you came out here for, the things that you thought that you were promised. And, you know, again, like like the title says, this starry eyed, you know, kind of very naive g- girl comes in and wants to do anything for that audition. And Dude, like, but that, that decision, that decision she has to make, the weight that it has on her and oh, yeah, how you it can eats see. at her. And it's so horrifying to think like holy shit it means that much to you that you're willing to go back and do a casting couch situation like you're totally going to do that it's really tough to see and like not even in the sense that like this is clearly a satan cult that's recruiting her <laughs> but mm-hmm. like also in this in the real world aspect of like that this has most definitely happened well, it's the way that they get her in with the audition. So she goes in to do this audition. She's very, very excited. It's called The Silver Scream. It's by um, 
uh, company, Astraeus Pictures, and apparently they used to be on top making amazing films. Everyone who was with them was a star, and then, you know, the past few years, I guess, haven't worked out so well for them, but they're making a comeback. So she goes out to this audition. There's the uh, there's an assistant and a casting director, and the assistant is just so so callous to her and it's right it's she's awesome. so mean it's, and like just well, he, he the way the thing he says to her and the he's so brutal to her and then the casting director is still very mean and stern but like the way they work together is is awesome because she does her audition she's like i'm gonna try something new and they're like you can go and so she has this breakdown in the bathroom and the casting director see like hears it or you know whatever and then wants her to come back in and recreate it where she literally like gets upset, puts her hands into her hair, grips down and rips chunks of her hair out. And you can hear it tear from the scalp. And it's very brutal sounding. It's very unsettling. And I really didn't like it. It, it, it was unsettling, I think, in a good way, because like it very much made me feel <laughs> like uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, the fact that she then recreated that moment and then some the way that she was on the floor looked like she was possessed man she, it was it was you could even see like in the in the assistant's face he's just this look of shock that he has not even had up nothing has phased him up until this moment at all that anyone has done and you just see this look in his eyes of what the f it was it was a cool moment um and so you know that there's something going on there and you know she gets invited out to meet with you know the producer and uh i didn't i been like man is this gonna be a sexual thing where they try and yep yep it i'm hoping that it goes somewhere different you know for once i'm like can this go somewhere where it's not gonna be a casting couch situation nope that is yeah. nope it, apparently and that it cannot made me, go that made me very <clears throat> uncomfortable and like upset to see yeah so then she leaves when he she tries to feel her up she's like what the hell no i'm not doing this and and leaves but then she because she quit her job and everything too and she thinks she made this mistake and she should go back she you know asks and gets her job back and everything and that's kind of a funny moment with the way uh uh he is in that uh what, pat healy in that moment with her yeah, yeah, little, yeah. like banter back and forth about family and everything about it was it's ridiculous um but even after all of this she has this support system of her friends and even her boss who is legitimately being he's legitimately being really nice granted he's kind of a creep he is a creep for sure he, he's a creep sometimes but at the same time when he's talking to her even when they're alone one-on-one -on -one, he never crosses any weird lines with her he levels with her in a very like kind of real way where you're like listen like I know you're trying to chase the dream. A lot of people are out here, and I get that this is your stopgap to pay the bills. But like, you gotta respect me and what I'm doing here. Exactly. While you, I was and like, I thought wow, was... that's like that's like really real. Like, there's some good, there's some really good moments in this film. Like the dialogue, I, I really think it's well written. I actually I like the pacing a lot in this. It it seems like it's strangely paced, but by the time it ramps up, it ramps up heavily. Um, because we, really we're going through, you know, with Sarah from the beginning, and we're following her just throughout all of this. And I actually like the way that it looks in the beginning before we find out that she has a cell phone. Um, 
the movie starts with a title card making it look like it came out of the late 70s early 80s yeah it's very it's very much going for like a stranger things synth vibe as well which i'm assuming it, might have been and a well this was before stranger things this was 2014 so you know probably filmed 2013 um by the way this was only filmed in like 18 days or something like that very short production time the way that it starts is just cool like that because it seems like it's going to be a film that takes place then but then it goes kind of modern in its look from there everything kind of modernizes but still has a little bit of a classic look to it um there's this good mix between and she uh decides that she's gonna go back and blow the guy I mean, I guess that's the best way to put it. Like, I mean, yeah, she's just... all hopped up on drugs and stuff, and, like, she'll just be... Like, she just kind of, like, got herself in the space where you're like, all right, this is what I got to do. Yeah, she got really messed up to go out there and do it, and then the weird part is is you just see her back at her house. Not fully remembering what happened, but, like, we could all Dude, assume she looks... what, we knew what happened. And she looks like she had already gotten a full-blown case of herpes. Like... That she guy, look good. It, it looks like it literally jumped off of him and onto her. You know what I, I mean? It, not even and, that. I think it's 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 more of like it looks like she she's she's slowly turning to be more on drugs. Like, well, that, it, that's, it's, it's, she looks more strung out. She's definitely going through these changes. It's it's absolutely awful. She essentially starts to just fall apart i mean you know she's losing her hair she's chunks of her scalp are coming out um her lips are all cracked up and she she looks absolutely terrible she wakes up and she's um like i guess she said her period during this time and she's bleeding everywhere and it's just like the whole thing is just vicious and nasty man like it's very she you know but this happens after time but then she's out like she goes to sleep at one point but then wakes up and it's just it's just insane like oh oh i just i don't like and it's it's really like it gets me very uncomfortable seeing these sorts of turns characters make when like they're it's it's purely because of their naivety it purely is because of them wanting the right things for themselves and not having the wherewithal to know that something's dangerous for them that really gets me like churned the wrong way and just to see her just deteriorate into something that she hates and very very quickly too because like she she has this you know she sees herself becoming this this star right she has that that vision or whatever even though she's starting to deteriorate and she's looking like shit she gets sick in the bathroom her nails are pulling her nails out and then you know she vomits up like maggots and all this stuff and she's picking them out of her teeth um and it's like she just it's absolutely just disgusting she looks just just gross uh then like she talks to i guess either the producer guy or the assistant and they're like you can either die or embrace the transformation yeah she decides she's going to go over to her friend's place and um and murder them i and and that's the thing like we don't really know the specifics of this transformation or what it is or like i thought i thought this was a rosemary's baby situation i thought this dude, was dude like- it got it got so batshit crazy at this moment 
I guess embrace the transformation. Maybe, maybe we didn't hear the whole conversation. Maybe it went on for. Maybe it was just ingrained into her from whatever from they her did dreams to her. or who intuition or something like that. Right. And plus, there's also that thing of she never really, as she said, she never really liked any of them. She never really had any friends. They were just there, and it was all shallow because a lot of the stuff there is. It's you know, what can you do? What can that a one person do for you? And that's kind of what Noah Segan's character um, is making a movie, and you know, he's all these people want to be in the film and Sarah's like, well, I'll be in your movie if I can be the star. Well, then her friend, you know, she sees that, uh, she's sleeping with him. So she is like, Oh, you know, they have this confrontation. Um, and she's in the kitchen, but Aaron can't see her. Her friend Aaron can't see her at all. Like, because she's in the dark and it's a silhouette and she's just like talking shit to her. And it's finally, she turns on the light and she sees what's going on with Sarah. And um, she's getting like decrepit, and her hair's falling. I mean, it, she looks out. she looks absolutely awful, and she, you know, she's like, "You have to go to the hospital." Like she, you know, then then you actually see these people kind of do care. Like they're oh, not no, just they going to be like, like it, it's, they're not going to be like, oh, thing but where... in 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 Sarah's mind, Sarah's lost full. Like she has lost touch with reality completely because obviously she went back. I mean, she went back to this producer to do all of this after she had left the first time because she thinks this is going to be her moment for fame um that that knife when she whips that across i loved the way they did the blocking on there where you could see where her arm was in the knife but you couldn't see aaron's like you couldn't see like what had happened oh yeah no it was a very like again the second that this movie gets like viscerally violent it gets very creative and very, it shows it's like it's it's chops very well um that cut was incredibly good because like it does that weird thing where like it doesn't op- like the cut doesn't open fully until like she moved her cheek a bit and then now, just now here's here's what I was expecting. I was expecting the original thing to be a throat slice that always happens. And right. you always think a throat, that slice. throat slice. Nope, it's a cheek slice and when it does open it bleeds heavily and it's not it is just thick and then she it's you can tell it's flowing into her mouth cuz she's spitting some up and choking on it. Right. Um it's it's really really gr- like gnarly but like a really good effect because I was like, oh god, like that's good, but that's so gross. They're having the she, you know, she's bleeding out, and Sarah like just just goes and stabs her like repeatedly, just goes into her, um, and then proceeds to grab a large. Um, as one of the guys sees that couldn't have been more than like a ten pound weight. <laughs> yeah, but well, no, no, no. That was like no, dude. That was like a twenty pound weight that she had in her hand. That was not a ten pounder. That was and so basically before that, one of the guys walks out of the bathroom, sees her with the hoodie on the non-bloody side because she has blood covered on one side, not on the other. He sees her and is like, "Hey," and goes into the bathroom. She sees the weight on the floor, goes in there, goes into her friend's room while she's sleeping, has the weight above her, holding it above her head until her friend wakes up and then smashes it into her head again and again and again it's it's and and like i'm gonna tell you this like i've seen a lot of like skull smashing uh like done in the like in the pursuit of this podcast through the movies this might be the craziest skull smash i have ever seen in any movie this is a really visceral 
violent skull smash, mainly for the fact that it doesn't. Is it, because and I'll at tell times you what, I don't know if the so whole impressed. thing it was because I don't like, know if the whole thing's paced or if it's caved in or if it's bro- how it's broken apart, but it looks so. It disgusting. looks unlike anything that I had ever seen before with this type of effect. And I tell you why that they were so confident in it. They keep cutting back to it. It's not that, like, like you almost see the full range of motion for the entire effect, and I don't know how they did this, because, like, you see the stages of it getting worse and worse and worse, and I think there are only, like, a few cuts away to it for them to, like, possibly change it. The effect is incredible, because, like— I mean, it could have been done—it could have been done through, you know— it's definitely some digital editing in there to do it. Either way, you know, it, it looks good. It looks uh, yeah, damn no, that was like good. That, honestly, it was kind of worth the entire film to see that effect. That like, that moment is one of the nastiest kills I've seen in a film in a long time just because of there there are movies that have done other stuff with head smashes that are kind of crazy first thing i think of is like the hatchet films um with some face smashes this this is like insane i also think of movies like irreversible with the the oh yeah with the head explosion or even this most recent halloween where he just like stomps the guy's head in Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you know, and that that's insane. Like with the irreversible and the and the fire extinguisher hits over and over and over, and it's visceral and insane. And watching something cave in like that, but this this was just grim and messy and just disgusting. Because when you're watching it hit, you can see, like I see her eye at one point just rip to the side, and you can kind of see it. And it's, right, and like we're going into really, very graphic detail because this is in graphic detail. This and, like, is I don't understand graphic. how they pulled this off. Like I want to see all of yeah, those prosthetics. I want to see that behind the scenes of this effect because it's so yeah. good looking. And then she ends up just stabbing the other guy like repeatedly. I think in the back, right? She just mm-hmm. keeps oh, yeah. going at him and just obliterates him. It's crazy. And then she goes out to to Danny's van and just sits out there. Uh, which I like Danny, I like his van idea that he has where it's like, yeah, man, why am I going to spend $1,500 on an apartment per month? When I'm going to be in my car half the day anyway. <laughs> yeah, and it's like his mobile office with his van and everything in there. And it looks cool. Like, he's got it decked out very well. Like I that, mean, if, if you're going to live in a van, you may as well deck out a van. Well, yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, she she sits with him and then just... Oh, right in the gut. Yeah, no, it's a it's a rough one. And then we have like we didn't even talk about the occult uh, get up with those really cool looking masks with like the black dye on the eyes. Oh yeah, it looks cool. It's it's a very cool looking like cult thing where like the masks are usually like I either see like oh you have like the ironic like animal thing or it's like a just like a like an eyes wide su- shut scenario but no this is just like iron clad like black faced with a chiseled jaw and nose and then it's right. just, just the eyes now, so I was like oh this is cool now that she's killed these people it gets really interesting because the Astraeus people as the final as he dies they appear in the yard to take her and you're like, wait, so they've just been there watching this? Okay, this is really cool. So it's not just she's done this and it's some shadow organization you never see. No, they're always watching, apparently. Um, and they've been worshipping Astraeus. Uh, and they do this ritual with her. And it's like they bury her. And she's in this membrane thing in the beginning. And you see her because um, they've like, she, you know, it's just very strange. She's in this membrane thing. They bury her. She comes out 
of that being buried the sun's i think is coming up at that point she is bald now she looks she and she looks flawless she looks perfect she's just pristine as she's walking through she walks like through la naked and i'm like how would someone get away and i'm like it's la of course um and then she goes in uh to her apartment and then she has a a moment with her roommate that her roommate like finds you know sees the muddy footprints and then sees her and, and talks to her and then um the you know sarah talks to her about that time that they like i guess kissed each other or something and then sarah kills her and then just sucks the life or whatever the hell she does and a lot of blood and then she puts on the the gown the wig and the silver pentagram necklace and then her because her eyes her eyes when she sees her when tracy sees her uh emerald green but they look they almost look like scales in her eyes the first time she sees her and then they're this glowing green and when you see her decked out in that wig and everything she looks like a classic film star like yeah no it's 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 quite elegant like it's it's kind of amazing Um, it really is it's so cool like they got this movie really worked well like there's by the end of it, I'm I'm extremely satisfied by the end of the film. No, it, um, and and here's my thing. I think by the end of it, it seems a bit lackluster for what it kind of came with because I think it's paced very slowly. Uh, come like you know the middle of the second act, and then that's when things really start to get a little heavy. I think it's when we finally realize we get into a bit more of the actual classic horror elements of you know like her decaying in a weird way pulling off the fingernails her going crazy and killing all of her friends that's when things start to be escalated because up until that point it had sort of been like not so much a tired metaphor but like you know you can see these beats coming you can see where a lot of these moments can take place although a lot of them earnest and very well planned out I really did like quite a few Inter- character interactions. Yeah, well, it, she has just, to go you can, through. You can see where this is going from kind of a mile away, and then I mean, only you, you can. But she has to go through that that whole audition process, which does take a decent amount of time. You know, there's always something going on with the audition. I exactly. forgot. We even and, forgot to talk about the second audition, which that was really weird, and I think that was almost the Rosemary's Baby type moment. Right, um, where like it's this weird fugue state that she's put in. It's just like, and she goes like, into this like go she goes into this happening. like sex. Yeah, she has like a sex state where it almost seems like something is happening. Something is totally happening during that when she's in this trance and they do the lights at first. And then they ask her to strip naked, and she's she's like, okay. First, she's apprehensive about it, but then she's like, you know what, I'll do it. And you know, she should know where this is going eventually. You know what I mean? Um, and then. Yeah, she just totally gets into this weird sexual euphoria as they do the lights flashing on it. And it's very, very strange. And then she's like, she seemed totally cool with everything when she left. It didn't seem weird to her at all. Then you know that there's something up, which kind of, you know, her leaving the first time for the third place, I guess makes sense because she's still her, but there's still that thing lingering. And I think that could have been from when she was uh, during that second audition on part of why she went back, like an influence from that. But this man, I I think it's a really good movie. Um, 
And honestly, if if uh, Pet Cemetery is anything like this, we know it's not going to pull any punches. And hopefully, it it puts these guys into the public eye because I I was pleasantly surprised by Starry Eyes. No, and and I will say this: I I, I will undoubtedly admit that these guys have uh, quite a bit of talent when it comes to uh, putting together some cool effects and tense situations um and i think if they have like studio backing and a lot of and a big creative team at their backs with uh with a lot of this i i think it could they can turn out something really really cool i think that w- this effort came from them uh, on a partially funded kickstarter budget and uh a lot of good gumption and a lot of good ways to you know manage time and expectations and script and everything it's a solid effort for sure um i mean I'm, i think it's a i think it's an extremely well made i think it's an extremely extremely well made great effects uh little indie horror film it is it has that fantasy elements to it very dark dark fantasy it's you know what? It's kind of like Lucky McKee when uh, he made May. You know, it has that kind of little twist, oomph ending. But I feel that Starry Eyes was more. I think it works better as a movie. I I, I actually really think Starry Eyes is the better. You know, even though I'm saying they're not exactly like I see that there's similarities between the two. Other people might not, but Starry Eyes is kind of like a better version of what they're able to do with it um about taking that person and watching them change over time and go through this this evolution um i yeah man i i think everybody needs to see this movie uh especially for some of the visceral stuff that goes on in it it is very intense very very violent it's not too funny. It has humorous moments, but it's not playing stuff for laughs. It never gets super cheesy. That's one thing I can't stand with a lot of these is when they when they get the super cheesy moments. Um, they don't, man. When they they go for it, they're they're trying to mess with you. They really want to. These directors want you to be unsettled. Oh, for sure. And uh, and I think I, I would I would recommend it um, if you wanted to see a, a good solid effort from these guys coming into you know the dawn of their now major studio career and uh, making a making a good name for themselves. I, I would say go see it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, next week we are gonna be talking about Pet Cemetery. Perfect transition. Also directed by these guys. Heck yeah. So. Yeah, we'll we'll kind of see. Um, this will be a good way to kind of see what you know how we feel about them as directors since uh, doing that. And I know that they directed something from Holidays, which I I've seen Holidays, and I think they directed the Valentine's Day part for Holidays. Oh, interesting. Um, maybe it wasn't Valentine's Day, but it was one of the it was one of the uh, shorts for it. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So, well, we yeah, look forward to that. That's pretty as much well. what they did in between. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that is going to do it for us this week. Why don't you let us know where we can be found on the internet, Rob? Uh, we are on OhTheHorrorCast.com. You can also find our podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. So, like Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, uh, you know, any of those places. And we are on, you know, the Instagrams and the Facebooks at at oh the horror cast um yeah 
So search for us at, at OtheHorrorCast or OtheHorror. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate the support, the reviews, the, the, the messages that you've been sending us. We really appreciate it, and we really like to hear from you guys. So thanks again, and until next time, I'm Steve Allman. And I'm Rob Holmes. And we'll see you next time. Time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here.